Hello everyone and welcome to today's episode. Thank you for joining me again and oh my god, I'm so happy, so happy to be back. And today we have a very special episode because it's Drumroll's Black History Month. <laughs> and yes, I'm very excited to be doing this episode because I have been thinking about this for a long time so i'm excited to be finally doing this and to be doing this with the person i'm doing this with because she is amazing Thank you. <laughs> so today i have with me in the studio sapphire Oh my gosh, the energy here is amazing. Yes, I love to start with this kind of high energy. Oh my yeah. gosh, how are you doing? I th- I'm good. I'm really good. I'm excited to be here. We love Ruth. Oh, so <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Oh my yeah. gosh, you know I'm doing well. Um, this is an Ebony Ball Day, so we're excited for that. Yeah, um, excited for a lot of little things that's mm-hmm. about to happen. So yeah, doing, doing good. That's that's good. And for our listeners who are not Bowdoin students, could you explain what Ebony Ball is? So yeah, Bowdoin students. I think like I think it's like BSU and some other groups of people. I know Shy did it last year, ran it last year, but it was really cool. Um, they it's just a ball. It's a ball for black students. <laughs> it's, it's fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and there's good food. <laughs> that's very important. It, food very very important. important. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, that's that's good. And how has your semester been in general? I think semester was good. Um, yeah, studying as always. I think this is my most intense semester about mm-hmm. it. But we got it. It's yeah, <laughs> you got this. You got this. Yeah, I definitely feel the same way. Um, but yeah, I think with the work and the um, stress and everything um, comes growth. So yeah. Yeah, I definitely think it's been intense, but it's been good. So today we're going to be talking about how our cultures slash backgrounds slash upbringings affect the way we take care of our health. And I definitely think this is a very important conversation because sometimes we can be like, oh, to be healthy, you need to do this exercise and do this and do that and do that. But there's an element of upbringing, of background that really influences how we even approach health in the first place, right? Like, why why do we eat the things we like to eat? Why do we view ourselves the way we view ourselves, right? I feel like that element is very important because if we don't tackle it, then we might just be going around in circles. You might be working on how you view your, how you view self-care, but just be, um, keep going back to the same place over and over again because you're not like addressing an underlying issue that you might have. So today um, we are going to be talking about that and we're both going to be sharing our stories. Mm-hmm. So I am inviting you into our world yeah. to, <laughs> to listen in and to um, see how your stories might be similar or different um from ours you know how maybe your upbringing has probably influenced how you see mental health and physical health or how it has helped you become a better version of yourself so i hope that you enjoy this episode because i know we are going to do that and 
I hope that you send in your stories too. So Sapphire, um, for those who don't know you, could you give us a brief introduction on where you're from and where you grew up? Yeah, um, I'm Sapphire Hall. Um, I'm a wellness intern here at Bowdoin, so I work for wellness and counseling. And I'm from Kingston, Jamaica, but um, grew up in the United States and have lived all over the East Coast in like five states. So I feel like I have a pretty interesting background, pretty interesting um, life moments. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting because you're from Jamaica. Like you were born in Jamaica, but then you moved to the U.S. But I am from Nigeria and I grew up in Nigeria. So I'm really curious to see how much our backgrounds are similar or different and how that has affected our health. So, my first question would be, um, how has coming to college, like, sh- like, helped you understand where you stand in terms of your health? How has coming to college helped you understand how health is on a personal level? Um, that's a really interesting question. Um, I feel like coming to college forced me to, um understand who i am more mm-hmm. without the context of like my family mm-hmm. i feel like in my family i'm the person who is kind of i feel like my time is always allocated to someone else yes and this was a time in my life where i had like all the time in the world for myself so um it's about figuring out what i like to do who i am where i want to go um Yeah, and I think mental health-wise, at first, it was really necessary for my mental health. Yeah. I think now that I'm in it and have experienced it, it's still a beautiful thing, but now I'm I'm forced to to figure out and deal with real issues that I have. Yes. Um, And at some point, like, in my collegiate career or in, like, my youth, um, I do want to really explore that as much as possible. Yeah, mm-hmm. I see that. And you mentioned that you're a wellness intern here at Bowdoin. Um, why did you choose to do that? Well, yeah, okay, so I worked in a um, prison for my first, so my first year internship mm-hmm. was working at Long Creek Juvenile Detention Center. Oh, wow. Um, And I was curriculum coordinator there and worked with the students to help with mental health things through art and literacy um and so even though that was completely different demographic than obviously like college students here at Bowdoin uh, I I realized that every everyone needs like a little bit of help yes like whether they say it or not no matter how much they're thriving yes and I noticed that a lot in that situation which I I can't talk too much about on but Coming, transitioning back into Bowdoin, I feel like I was looking at my peers, especially, no, like, I'm allowed to say, especially junior class, they look so sad. <laughs> oh <laughs> and, my gosh. And I was like, what? Like, this can't, this can't be, and I know that Bowdoin is not the ideal place, you know, especially if you're a student of color. So I really wanted to be able to bring some joy and 
I think Kate Nicholson really wanted to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. So, since we had similar missions, it was important for us to, like, go on that journey together. Yes. So, since me and her, like, kind of were having lunches in the summer since I was living here um, and talking, she wanted to reach the certain demographics that weren't going to some of her events. Yes. And I wanted to figure out why certain demographics weren't going to some of her events. And I've, I think I've realized that wellness for students of color looks very different than wellness for white students. Yes. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And for those who don't know Kit Nicholson, she is the assistant director for mm-hmm. wellness here at Bowden. And so... And she was on the podcast twice. We spoke about sleep. So, oh, okay. Cool, cool. Yes. So, that, yeah, no, that's really interesting. It's very similar to um, why I'm doing Blooming Daily because I also want to address issues in health and wellness. And, you know, I think it's really interesting that both of us noticed something and mm-hmm. then we said, oh, how can we provide, um, how can we attend to this need? You yeah. know, how can we come in to make things better how can we make things happen how do you think your background in general influenced that could you share a bit of like how growing up was for you in terms of health and wellness and how it's influenced the turn you took with wellness here at Bowdoin yeah definitely uh sure um I think growing up here I think there's like a couple layers to it Mm -hmm. um I would say the first thing is I come from a very intense culture. Yeah. And my culture, as beautiful as it is, has some real flaws and they don't talk about mental health. And uh, the Jamaican culture is aggressive. Like it is a it is a it is a rough culture. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was not a rough kid. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. I'm very if, if anyone knows me, I'm very, like, calm. I've always been very chill. She is. <laughs> <laughs> she is um, very calm. And, like, I definitely used to get into a bit of trouble for little things. But, like, again, I was not a rough kid. And I think having rough approaches to a non-rough kid mm. um, causes, like, causes trauma. Yes. Um, and like we don't like to define certain things as trauma. Trauma has to be like this serious, serious thing, but mm-hmm. like it does cause trauma. And um so I feel like in my youth I had experienced that a, a lot of that. And then I find that there's this thing that most immigrant parents do, most immigrants do, um, they compare their experience to yours and mm-hmm. tell you how um you can never handle something like what they went through mm-hmm. or what they went through is much harder and you should be grateful. And that should, and that is, that's true. Um, we can say that's true and I can respect that for what it is. But I think what it does is it causes people, especially, um, I think immigrants, black students, like really people of color mm-hmm. to, not think their issues are serious yes and like you should think your issues are serious um if you're constantly sad or um, if you're not feeling well or whatever the case may be so i think 
as much as I did have like a cool childhood and I and I respect my life for what it is and it got me here um I use this time of my life to redefine who I want to be and how I want to um treat people moving forward and I think um not to talk too much about like my family dynamic um in great detail but I think my journey has um been also very helpful for my mom and like my sister's relationship yeah um and their relationship looks completely different because we're seven years apart so you know things were different so um I think my demeanor and how I've chosen to live my life has helped inspired um a little bit of change in my immediate family and i hope that it can inspire a little bit of change for you know anyone here at bowden Mm -hmm. and anyone here who's you know going into their career and trying to figure out who they are wow thank you for sharing that and you know when you spoke about how for like immigrants um families sometimes children um, gets their experiences compared with their parents. I totally feel that because I feel like not just um, for immigrant families, it definitely happens back at home in Nigeria mm-hmm. where where it's like, oh, you're complaining this. In my time, we <laughs> walked 100 miles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, now you even get to like, use the bus and things like that. I think it's very valid. And while their experiences are and we're very valid right our experiences are just as valid and it's really important to acknowledge that that the fact that we're also not working 100 miles doesn't mean we should not be able to speak up about the things we're going through in this present moment right yeah because it's also super important so i i definitely get that right yeah and i think that sometimes when those conversations um are had often in that light of comparison people close up you know Mm. people don't talk about them anymore and it's just very harmful and do you have anything to share in in light of that yeah i definitely do i feel like um at least for me personally i've in my teenage years i feel like i began to implode because i Mm. didn't really like have anyone i felt super comfortable talking to and i think even now um i find myself doing that i feel like i find myself in my head a lot and it it becomes really hard for me to interact the way i want to interact with people um and that's just imploding it's 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 thinking about i think a part of it is like i have so much pressure i feel but beyond the pressure i think i'm not fully a whole person at this moment in time and so i it's very serious that i take time for myself and and be alone and not not overextend myself mm-hmm. That's yes i i think all these are just really good points because sometimes we don't really think about these things when we think about wellness we think about wellness and almost every time we're only t- thinking about the gym about food and all of that. And while those are, in fact, um, very important components of health and wellness, they're not the only things. And sometimes when we focus only on those things and not on the other things, we might just keep like fighting a battle that we're not winning and wondering why we're not winning, you know? Yeah. So 
yeah i think i think that's totally totally important and you're making so many valid points and now i want us to break into two major categories um because i mean we could go on and on and on and on on this topic but because for the um of the sake of time and because you know sapphire and i are not experts um (laughs) yeah we i want us to break out and break this into two major things now physical health and mental health right um we've spoken um kind of broadly on these things but i'd like us to like touch some specific things um like food and access to resources and all of that and how it has and continues to affect our health and so with physical health i want to start with you know what i already said food right so how was it like for you growing up like feeding habits access to fresh food um the resources because all of that really play a key role for example if if we're saying okay you need to eat a balanced diet right but if you're in in a home where balanced diet is practically impossible you know how does that how does that come into place i'm curious to hear how it was for you growing up so yeah so i'll answer the question first um for me it was a little bit different than probably most people's experience Mm -hmm. i have immuno disease and so um a big part of uh my wellness or not wellness i don't like using that word for certain things so Mm -hmm. we'll talk about that later i guess (laughs) but um a big part of my health was eating appropriately so as a child i ate ital and eating ital in jamaica is like eating as fresh as possible typically like things i guess here in the united states would be organic yes lots of vegetable um things like that um even if I used to eat fish too as a kid, um, sometimes, and that didn't have like a bunch of seasonings and stuff. So, um, I did that for a very long time, and then I ended up um, stopped because I saw that I was getting better and could could eat um, a little bit more food, eat mm-hmm. things like rice, yeah, things that I wasn't eating before. Um, <laughs> um, so for me, I grew up with good eating habits. Mm-hmm. And even though it sometimes can be hard, I can always revert back to those eating habits. I think eating, um, and then also as a child, I was always active, always doing something, playing soccer, um, basketball, something. Very uh, nice. <laughs> so, like, that was, that for me as a kid is not something I experienced a lot because of the conditions of my culture. Um we're Caribbean and a lot of our food is naturally fresh and a lot of the places that we lived we could somehow find that food um it is important to eat clean um it is important to go to the gym and work out your body and those are things that I have definitely neglected a little bit in college um I don't consider that wellness though um oh why why not I feel as though we use the word wellness very loosely and you have to drink water yeah, to survive. Mm-hmm. After a couple of days, you're going to pass out. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's not wellness. Like you mm. need to do that to live a, a whole life. Um, and I try not to define those things at wellness because those are things that you may not like to do. 
that you must do mm. to survive. Mm. Um, I think the way I define wellness is not the things that you have to do to live, the things you want to do to live. Um, the time that you take for yourself to do whatever. And my friend Weatherspoon put that in my ear too, and it really kind of reshaped how I think about um, what is wellness. And I feel like that has been the constant conversation between Kate and I, but I think I finally kind of found like a true answer of like, where are we? Where Where is wellness? What is that? Yes. Um, and for certain gr- groups and demographic, things like meditation and yoga and all those things are wellness as well. Things like massages are wellness. Um, we're finding that that's not what students of color are feeling, are wellness to them. Yes. But eating healthy and working out are not wellness. You must do them. And I think when you operate in the idea that they're optional, you're putting your life at risk. They're not optional things. Um, and you should do them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So no, I think that's an interesting point. And we're going to come back to the two categories we mentioned, right? But before we go back to them, I wanted to like continue with this conversation of wellness because I think it's interesting that you said that. So so are you saying there's this like difference between um health and wellness in a way that makes it seem like for health you have to do these things but for like items of wellness they can differ um for each person i this is my personal opinion Mm -hmm. i personally think so you can be with someone who's very fit and very unhappy Mm. um and you can be with someone who is very out of shape and very happy so I don't think they correlate in the way that people think they correlate. Um, they obviously have correlations. Yes. But I don't think that one equals the other. Um, and sometimes they overlap. Sometimes people love to work out. And that is their form of wellness. But that's something they chose to do because they love to do that thing. Yes. Um, it doesn't mean that you, just because you don't like to work out, means you get to not work out. You got to work out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's not your form of wellness. Now you need to go find that. But you don't omit that activity because um, you don't like it. Mm-hmm. And we do this all the time. We do this with schoolwork. You don't like doing schoolwork. I never met someone who truly likes it. They're lying. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I'm, I'm oh my like god. 200% sure. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Um, you got to do your schoolwork though. Yeah. And you turn in your assignments on time because mm-hmm. you care about your GPA. Mm. Um, that's not like that's not wellness. Like the gratification that you get from from doing schoolwork may help your wellness, but it is not wellness. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do like to separate them in that way. Um, some people may disagree with me, and that's fine. We could talk about it over lunch, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> over dinner or something, yeah. Um, but I think that people should start finding the thing the I I would say positive thing that makes them happy, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Um, you can go out drinking, um, every weekend. That is not a positive thing that makes you happy. Mm-hmm. 
So finding where that is that's different from your norm is very important. Um, I had a conversation with this guy not too long ago. We had, like, dinner, and I was telling him about pottery. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe something you might like to do is pottery. (laughs) Like... It's something that is separate from your everyday things that you need to do for you to survive. Yeah. Um, but it is a positive thing that makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everyone should have one of those. Yes. At some point. I definitely <laughs> agree. Yeah. I definitely agree. Yeah. And yeah, hmm, it, this is a very interesting nuance you're bringing to this because a few episodes ago, um, we spoke about, I mean, we didn't fully speak about but one of my guests spoke about dimensions of wellness. Mm. So she spoke about, I think, the seven dimensions of wellness. Oh. So I think this is an interesting nuance. And so to our listeners, um, I think this is a very good topic to do research on. To yeah. so do the research on those seven dimensions of wellness and put it side by side with all Sapphire has said because I think there's a lot of nuance to this. That's the reality. It's not black and white, it really you know. Isn't. So it's yeah. There's just like she said. Sometimes they don't they don't directly intercept, and sometimes they do. Sometimes it's just it's a whole lot. It's wellness a lot. is a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> It is a lot, and that's just the reality. But you know, step by step, one step at a time. Because if if you try to do if you try to do it all at once, then it can be very overwhelming. Like, oh my gosh, like I have to eat this and I have to do this, but I have to find this. But I agree, and I would say like to combat that overwhelming feeling, it's maybe write it down. Yeah. What are the things you have to do? Mm-hmm. Like for sure, things that in your head are not optional. And uh, a lot of students here about it. It might be your schoolwork or something. Yeah. Um, and then the things that you know you should do, but you maybe aren't doing. Mm-hmm. Um, for a lot of students here about it, it might be working out and eating healthy. Um, and then the thing that you do for fun that you really like to do that makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Um. And the thing that makes you feel good. Yeah. Outside of those those accumulation of things. Mm-hmm. And see if you actually have any of that. Yes. So please, just like she said, definitely write these things out. Because even if they don't even feel overwhelming, I think writing them down just helps. Yeah, I think so. Overall. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So definitely. So, wow. Ooh, we went, we got here from yeah, food. From food. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so funny. But it's very interesting that you mentioned um, that for you it was a bit different because, okay, so back home, um, I would, I mean, it's it's very interesting to speak about this because, you know, different people come from different socioeconomic yeah, backgrounds. Sure. So um, my experience was not everyone's experience, right? right? Um, but I was speaking about this to someone today that I think, I definitely think, Growing up, I was exposed to fresh foods in a way mm-hmm. um, because I think back home, produce was like such a big thing. Like you go to markets and then you see vegetables outside and then you see fruits and all of that, right? Uh, and then coming to the U.S., I saw a ton of packaged stuff. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. What isn't packaged? Like what really is not packaged here? And then coming to the U.S. was 
when I saw a lot of organic, inorganic, this, 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 like one type of vegetable could have like four different prices because they're like, it has varying levels of like freshness and all of that. So it was very interesting because back home, it wasn't like that. Um, and I think eating fresh food was re- relatively um, affordable. I say relatively because you know, affordable affordable is different for everyone and i said that because you could you could say oh i have this amount of money and i really want to buy this fresh food and that fresh food it was like was more accessible than i realized it was um because you didn't have to spend so much right i mean now things are getting really expensive but i definitely think that like growing up i had i was exposed to like fresher food and then coming to US, I realized, oh my goodness! Like, if you're not careful, you can just be living off like processed food, right? You definitely can, and that's something that my friends and I talk about so much. Like, how unless you go to the dining hall, most of the time you're eating like not it's not real food. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's really easy to do that here in a way that it is not easy to do, even in like Jamaica, like. Mm -hmm. I was just in Jamaica for the Christmas break and my family so we have this thing called festival it's a fried dough and then we had like fish and crab um, and sides of vegetable um, for like 11 people and it was 160 US dollars fresh fish fresh everything wow (laughs) so like it food insecurity is really bad Mm -hmm. and it and it is it is affecting people's wellness yes. because they're not do like they're not getting what they're supposed to get mm-hmm. nutrition wise. Yes. Wow. Yes. That was it on food. And just like we said, there's a lot of nuance to this that we just can't possibly cover, you know, in one episode. So mm-hmm. yes, this is, this is something to definitely reflect on as you go about your day, right? Like, you know, why are you eating what you eat and how, how, is your background or your culture affecting what you eat, right? And if you could change it, would you change it, right? So, yes. The next thing on my list is availability of things like gyms, parks, healthcare facilities, um, because those affect our physical health, right? If you're in a place where maybe you didn't have a gym in your community, you probably didn't work out or like parks, right? Because I feel like, for example, in probably wealthy neighborhoods, there are parks. There, There's a place for like swimming pool. There's a basketball court and all of that. Right. How was that for you growing up? For me growing up, um, I feel like I always stayed relatively active. Mm-hmm. Um, I started with swimming. Um, well, Growing up, we always lived by the ocean. So my mom would always um, take me to the beach. She didn't have mm-hmm. a car. So um, I, I'm, i I guess, a beach baby. <laughs> um, and I kind of stayed a beach baby until I moved to New York. Um, and then when I left, um, I resumed back to my beach baby. <laughs> um, so I, I grew up near the ocean, and I feel like I was constantly near the ocean. I played a lot of soccer. Um, play a lot of basketball and then in high school um so there was this my mom worked at this gym i got into wrestling in high school oh um but my mom worked at this gym and they were giving out 
free lessons for haircuts. And my mom is a hairstylist. So she would cut all the boys' hair, and I would go to, like, this wrestling practice. Wow. And this started, like, sixth grade. Um, And then in high school, like, I took it really serious. And that was a good time for me to, again, very soft demeanor child. That was a time for me to be allowed to be aggressive. Um, So I did get to, you know, work out. I would say coming to college has been really hard. Mm-hmm. I haven't really quite found my balance here, and I'm not, like, on an athletic team. So I I find myself not prioritizing some of the things that I do need to prioritize. Yeah. Um, and it does affect me. I feel, like, a little bit more tired than I would. Um, and, like, yeah. So I think a big part of my journey in college is getting back to that space Mm -hmm. and i do surf here um i've been also i've also surfed since um like fifth grade or sixth grade no i'm lying i'm (laughs) lying to you guys i've been surfing since ninth grade consistently Mm -hmm. um and i got into it because again i was at the beach a lot and i saw a lot of people do it and Mm -hmm. i was like oh this is cool um for me surfing i really love surfing that's what i'm doing this summer teaching surfing in sierra leone um it's so cool yeah so it it's a big part of my it's become a big part of my life the reason i haven't really immersed myself as much in the past couple months is because the culture around surfing here is really bad so i've been fortunate in the in the food and physical piece yeah however it is very hard um to get those resources and what i've realized about the united states compared to anywhere else i've explored um is that food insecurity for marginalized communities and access to proper um like things like gyms and stuff like that yeah it's really bad Mm -hmm. and it's bad on purpose and that's so sad Mm -hmm. (laughs) um it's so sad because if people of color had access and people who are poor had access to these things um they they would do so much better wow when you said it's bad and it's bad on purpose i was like oof (laughs) i was like oof i feel that i definitely feel that you know and for me um it's interesting because again my experience isn't everyone's experience um but i definitely think that like gyms i feel like they probably are still gyms are like gym memberships are not cheap you know they're not cheap (laughs) gym memberships are not cheap right so you know if you live in a low-income community you really like you literally need money to eat so (laughs) like then you're going to pay for gym membership right Mm -hmm. so it definitely was not a popular thing and i feel like these days you know gen z's and all of that like a lot of people are getting gym memberships and all of that but like 10 15 years ago it definitely was not i mean i'm not that old but i'm just saying like 10 15 years ago like, it was so much harder to be, like... Yeah. hmm It definitely was. And I feel like, too, because... At least for what I've noticed um, about, like, being from Jamaica and, like, that being my culture is yeah. that there's not an emphasis on that. Yeah. Because it's so embedded in the everyday life. hmm There's, like, you don't need to work it out because it's hot and, like, you're walking everywhere yeah. or something like that. hmm So whenever you 
come to these these moments of leisure or come to environments like Bowdoin where things are so accessible and food is so accessible, um, all these different things, you don't prioritize that because you never had to. Yes. And then you find yourself like out of shape, <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I have noticed that. I think from a cultural standpoint, which is going to be a little bit different than other mm-hmm. people's experiences. Yeah, definitely. That's definitely true because I remember like high school having to like walk long distances like home right Mm -hmm. and just like you said that that feels like workouts on its own right (laughs) so like i didn't have to like work out workout for me to maintain like a particular like shape you know like i didn't have to go to the gym to do that Mm -hmm. but then coming to body and i don't have to like walk as much it's like oh my gosh i have to like um like shift my priorities in such a way that it accommodates me like working out and all of that so it's it's very interesting to yeah. see how, like you, we just I just automatically didn't have to work out as much in coach, right? Because like my day to day life already included my workout yeah. in it, <laughs> yeah, exactly. right? Just morning by by night time, I had already gotten the equivalent of like a full day's workout exactly. by the time I'm done coming back from school and all of that. So I think it's really interesting how like our background shape the way we see things like that you know um like oh going to the gym oh why do you have to go to the gym when you've already worked so much <laughs> on that very hot sun yeah. right so yeah that's oh my gosh that's very very true and um i want i really wonder like how it is for other people you know how yeah yeah how it has been like so if you're listening to this we are really really curious to hear how it has been for you so you can definitely like um, tweets and tag us on social media or se- honestly send an email because we're very curious to hear how your um, experience has been like oh wow I can't believe and then I have something sorry mm-hmm. not to, I think too you know what my mom and aunts and everyone always says even though like Jamaica in particular is in really bad condition right now um people are happier Hmm. like there's more life there there's more energy Hmm. there and i think it's because of some of those like components regarding food and like health um and again like i personally separate those from overall wellness Mm -hmm. but like that itself is contributing to the happiness despite some of the conditions Mm -hmm. um which is something that you really don't see here in the United States. They really strip um, people of color um, and black people in particular from being the best they can possibly be. Um, But I feel like black Americans here still continue to do really amazing things. Yes, I definitely agree. I mean, yeah, black excellence is definitely a thing. It's like amazing to see. Yeah. Definitely amazing to see. And so we're going to be moving quickly to mental health. Wow, I cannot believe how much time we took. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, like it's yeah, because I feel like just like we said, there's just so much nuance yeah. and it's really hard to just run through these things, right? Because then we would only be scratching the surface. And yeah. I mean we haven't even said so much and see how much time has gone, right? Yeah. So just to show how 
much nuance and how much complexity um, wellness and health and all of this has. So, mm-hmm. so for mental health, two things that I really want us to talk about is the conversation around mental health mm-hmm. and the access to facilities for mental health. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really curious to hear how um, the conversation for about mental health has been for you, like, growing up, like, in Jamaica and here in the U.S., because I feel like we are definitely going to have similar stories. Mm-hmm. And now that we are both, like, college students, how we think the conversation, uh, how we think we're taking the conversation, um, yes. Um, I feel like it really wasn't a discussion. Um, it really wasn't a thing. I feel like things happen, and then you don't really address them. We don't. Yeah talk about them it's just it happened you got over it we move on mm-hmm. um and we do better as we go on um and i think it's good because that's um forced me to have like um a mindset where if there's an issue i find a solution mm-hmm. and i move on mm-hmm. but i don't take time to see how those issues may have affected me mm-hmm and so I don't think there was any of that in our household. Mm-hmm. And I feel that um, for me, I was, I'm was i a person who wants my feelings um, respected. Yes. And I think as I've moved on to my collegiate career, I've made that very clear um, among my family, among my peers, mm-hmm. that I really have a low tolerance for certain treatment yes because those things affect me um it may not affect other people everyone's Mm -hmm. different but those things affect me and i don't tolerate them and so i put up a certain standard for that um and i think that's been one way i've protected my mental health i also think you know uh really protecting yourself from some of the conversations you have yes and some of the you know things you watch um, and things you listen to i think all of those contribute i'm not a saint i don't listen to gospel music but like um i do if i'm watching a movie or something i love scary movies but if i'm watching a movie and i'm like this is not sitting right with me i'm gonna turn it off yeah and so kind of managing how certain things throughout your day certain things that you consider normal how they're making you feel um say you smoke a lot um if once you're done from your high you're not feeling good you're feeling sad mm-hmm. you should stop yeah um that's how addiction forms mm-hmm. um so just little things like that um i've reevaluated. but the most important thing for me is i've reinforced the respect of my boundaries um and when my boundaries aren't being respected i pivot um and that's what that is <laughs> yeah that's really good i really like the statement you've reinforced like your boundaries because boundaries are super important yeah. oh my goodness oh my because if you don't have them then people are just going to keep like coming into your space over mm-hmm. and over and over again and you're going to feel like you're struggling all the time and i notice it here too like again i'm a mellow head i hear a lot of different conversations and um it's just really crazy like how people will kind of how people talk about other people mm-hmm. how people how people um treat other people um 
So I, I take it really seriously. And I've heard a lot of interesting commentary because of it. But <laughs> it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And interesting because for me, um, mental health, just like you said, it wasn't really a conversation. And I think it's not just... It's probably not just a function of like where I grew up, but just a function also of the time, mm-hmm. because I feel like the conf- conversation on mental health um, really, really started um, becoming so important in recent years, and then the pandemic was a huge one that really made us yeah. think about like mental health. So I definitely think it wasn't um, so much of a conversation, and I think. Even up to now, back at home, like everyone is trying to figure out how to address mental health and say it in such a way that it's not like it's not complaining, but it's also like acknowledging like what people might be going through, right? So I feel like there's just so much nuance to this that even as someone who is like into health and like researching all of this, I feel like I'm constantly having to reevaluate like, oh, when like self care, for example, when is this self care or when is it just like stepping on others like to like get something for yourself you know like Mm. you know there's just so much so much nuance to all of this so yeah the conversation of mental health wasn't a big thing and i think i mean now we're making progress but there's still a lot um we need to address and there's still so much we're understanding Mm -hmm. those of us who are like jindies and the older generations, not even the older generation, but older generations, because I think everyone is trying to figure out um, what this really means and how to really address it. So, yeah. And then this now leads us to the access to healthcare facility, um, mental health facilities, because if there weren't even conversations in the first place, mm-hmm. how would there be facilities for that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think that black communities in particular have always relied on religious counsel Mm. for mental health and i think that's a good start but i believe i believe in professional this is my opinion but i believe that professional care Mm -hmm. is also very important yeah and i think the issue of professional care here in the united states is that they demonize mental health Mm. and they demonize issues that people may have mm-hmm. which scares them um and that happens here too at Bowdoin a lot so you find a lot of students of color who don't want to go to you know the counseling services because they're afraid they're going to want to send them home yeah. things like that and they can't afford that um but i feel like if you can find yourself a really good counselor it's really important that you take it seriously mm-hmm. i i haven't um explored counseling even though i work for counseling <laughs> and wellness services um, oh my gosh but i do think it is important and i think that when you have someone to talk it out with who understands you it's important and i think that layer of professional training mm-hmm. is helpful um because they know how to actually respond to your issues in a way that maybe like the church and maybe like your best friend may not know how to do. Yeah. And I'm not saying don't talk to them or whatever. You should. Um, if they're your comfort place. But I think that um, I, I think more access to black um, 
psychiatrists and black um, psychologists is really important. Um, and that's what I've been shooting for at Boat, which they're not giving me, but whatever. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. Those are really good points because having this access are like are really important. And you know, interesting, interesting story. So mm-hmm. last week, um, what week? We? Okay, yes. So last week, I was on a on a call with like one of my me- my mentor, my new mentor, um, because I got paired for like oh, cool. the black students. Oh, there was cool, a, yeah, cool. there was this whole mentorship here. So I got paired with a black alum. Mm-hmm. And one of the things she told me to do was to explore therapy options at Bowdoin. And I remember that day on the call when she was like, do you know, like, the therapy options at Bowdoin? I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, sir, excuse me? <laughs> and I remember my my first instinct was to be like, therapy? Oh, I don't need therapy, right? I'm like, therapy, what was that? <laughs> was that? Yeah. Like, yeah, but she was like, you should go check the therapy options, right? Yeah. And because she was like, she believes that everyone at least once in your life needs to like go, like going for therapy, you know? And I remember being like, what? You know, it's so funny. I feel like, again, these things are like so weaponized. Mm-hmm. But so to put like therapy in another conversa- conversation, I guess, or context, um, when I was younger, my mom used to make me do tutoring. Anytime mm. she could afford tutoring, she would pay it out. Um, and mind you, like, we didn't have money, so that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, and my mom said, tutoring is preventative care. Mm. It is not, like, you shouldn't have a tutor when you're failing. Mm. You should have a tutor before you fail. Yeah. Um, and so that's how I think of like therapy wow like it is not when you like are on your mental breakdown Mm -hmm. like it is for you to not get to that point and i think here i think really everywhere across the black diaspora it's thought of as like oh that's for crazy people Mm -hmm. whenever they 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 start getting crazy but anyone can get to anything can break anyone Mm -hmm. at some point like like the littlest things can take over your mind and i do feel that that therapy is the is the cushion yeah yeah oh i love the analogy so <laughs> much because it's so true like yeah. i remember like being like oh why like hmm. but then like after that i was like wait that makes a lot of sense i know this like i know <laughs> that it's important but right in that moment like hmm. the first thing that came to my mind was like therapy oh why why do you know how I have like, I'm fine. Yeah, like, I'm fine. So yeah. it's very interesting that we have these things in our subconscious when we're like, oh, therapy, what do you mean? Like, I'm fine. Da, 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 da. So, yeah, I definitely think that um, the, these things are really important. And sometimes just um, we, we don't think of them this way just because of how we grew up hearing the word or like associating that word and all of that so mm-hmm. i think i think this is super important and i think that more discussions definitely need to be had because you know just one discussion is not enough yeah mm-hmm. yeah but i am so glad that we're doing this because we 
we have to do something and start somewhere, you know. And I think this is a step in the right direction. Just talking about this and addressing this and even calling it for what it is, you know, or like sharing our stories because that's one thing um we definitely want to do our blooming daily. Share these stories and see how um they relate to each other or how they differ from each other and all of that. So yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Haveri, thank you so <laughs> much. This was this is so good. Do you have any final words for this episode? Yeah, I just I think that you all are really great and you all are really amazing people and you will get to your goal and trust yourself, love yourself, respect yourself, do what you know you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Eat healthy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and go work out and do your schoolwork or do your job. But know that your life is much more than that. My job. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much, Sapphire. And thank you to our listeners at Bowdoin, outside Bowdoin, because I know we have a, a good chunk of listeners outside Bowdoin. So thank you so much for joining in. And yes, know that this is not just centered to like college students. No, this applies to literally everyone, honestly. Yeah. yeah, whether you're working or you're in college or in high school, this principle still apply because um, the college life and like high school life have similarities. They also have similarities like with working in like an office setting and all of that. There are many things that you can apply to. So thank you for joining in and I hope to see you Oh, I hope that you tune in <laughs> to the next episode. Bye. Bye. And thank you, Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys. Don't forget to share and send in your comments, your stories, and anything you have to share with us. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye.